when did you know music was going to be a part of your life? When did I know music was going to be a part of my life? I mean, it's always been a part of my life, really. I, I was playing piano when I was like in second grade. Um, and uh, I mean, from just from the, from the beginning of, of time, you know, I, I just, I was always a part of music. I was fourth grade playing drums, sixth grade and picking up guitars. So, I mean, it's always been a, a part of me. And um, I think I, I have a lot, my parents like really kind of like egged me on to, to get into it. And any t- there, there was never really a point where like anybody ever said no, as far as like, oh, I want to like learn how to do this. Like, yeah, go for it. Sure, we'll get we'll get you a drum kit. Here you go. <laughs> That's badass. So when when you're playing piano uh, in second grade, was that because of school, or was that something like that you did like outside of school? You know what I like. I I don't remember having this conversation because I was so young. But my mom loves telling the story. I guess she signed my brother up for piano lessons, and I saw that he was doing it, and I was like, I want to do it too. And then, you know, and here I am. <laughs> yeah, that's that's badass. I think uh, for me, like in elementary, I played piano, like in music class. And like, I think that really sparked a lot yeah. of me wanting to do so. So I was curious to see if like your school had had that, like had any like, oh, here, you got to learn Ode to Joy or whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I remember in elementary school, like, I think I think it was like fourth grade. They finally were like, "All right, everybody can pick an instrument." And I had already been playing piano, um, and I remember I was like, at that point, I was like, "The only thing I want to do is like hit drums. I just want to bang on shit." And so they were like, "Okay, here's a here." You know, they give you like a little bag with like a snare drum and a xylophone in it, and mm-hmm. I still have them up on a shelf. I like every now and again I pull it down <laughs> to just like mess around. That's badass. Was there any like bands or songs that made you want to be a drummer or learn drums? I don't know if there was like a specific band that at the time mm-hmm. that really drove me to it. I do for some weird reason I still like remember like listening to like the Beach Boys on on vinyl on my mom's like record player and just thinking that was like the coolest band ever and then like maybe that like same same time frame my parents took me to see the Beach Boys at like an amusement park and John Stamos from Full House was their drummer and there's there's actually like a picture in like a in a family album of me sleeping during the concert. I fell asleep during it, but it's still a good memory in my head. <laughs> Whatever. That, that's awesome. Man, I wish I could have seen <laughs> seen Beach Boys or something or something. I can say I was there. I don't remember <laughs> it though. Yeah. <laughs> um so when did you start uh, like wanting to get into like live music? Live music was like probably eighth grade I remember when I was in eighth grade I got like the take your pants off and jacket blink 182 cd Mm -hmm. and I was like oh man I need to learn how to play guitar like this is what's cool now (laughs) and I remember like eighth grade the summer going into high school was like full drive on like I need to make friends and get in a pop punk band now (laughs) (laughs) That's badass. For eighth grade, it was more like new new metal for me. 
like yeah. <laughs> Papa Roach kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then so did did you learn guitar after that? Yeah, like, yeah. I I remember that Christmas, like like begging my parents to just get me a Squire Strat. And my first, I think like the first song that I learned how to play was I learned how to play like the G chord for like good Charlotte motivation <laughs> proclamations. And that was like, oh my God, I'm so good. <laughs> Hell yeah. But that was like one of the first songs that I, I, I learned how to play because it was like really simple. It was like G, C, D or something. Yeah. Uh, and then so after that, like uh, what was your musical journey after you started playing guitar did you join any bands or anything i would i have literally been in a band since that time yeah i i was i was in every kind of band you could imagine i wanted to be newfound glory so i started a pop punk band found a singer recorded records um i grew up in connecticut and i remember being like 16 just started this band and i was like we have to get a record we have to make a cd so i like called around and I found this recording studio in Southern Connecticut called Trod Nossel. And it's like, actually, um, it was like this, a studio that was famous for like recording a Fleetwood Mac record. And we got there and I, you know, like, I didn't even listen to Fleetwood Mac at the time. So I'm like, okay, whatever. That's cool. I, you know, I'm, I'm punk rock. Yeah. And I see like a, a, a record on the wall for hate breed. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I told everybody, I was like, yeah, we recorded at the same studio as Hatebreed. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've, I've literally like since I was 15, I've been in bands just doing it, trying to trying to make something happen, staying busy. That's have you have you always been like, super confident about the music that you make? Oh, never. No. <laughs> absolutely not i i am i am so self-conscious of every little song that i <laughs> i come up with uh, here i like i can't even record my own music like the real stuff that comes out that you know i take it all to studios i do all my demos here but for i'm so like unsure and i always want to work on it like if you let me just record the album you wanted it next week like it, it'll take like seven years like i just i'm every day i'm like i need to add something else i hate this pre-chorus now um so like a, a lot of the finished the final products that you know you hear from from the bands that i'm working with i am really like I, i've made a really good relationship with producers because i just like to have input from somebody that's not emotionally attached to it like i am yeah any song that yeah and, and you know and, and with with how i am here in my demos you know i'll show them to my girlfriend and i'll be like hey check out this song and like while i play it for her i like i have to like leave the room because i'm afraid to see what the reaction is going to be it's always it's usually positive sometimes but you know it's also it's great to to show it to people who don't know where my my perspective is because they'll be like i don't get it it makes no sense and i'm like okay all right all right, all right, all right. That's enough. Stop. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, that that's crazy. Like, uh, I guess to go to the studio, like the Fleetwood Mac studio, and just be like, did you? What what came of that? Uh, when you went and you recorded there, was it just like a little demo or something with your? We we recorded eight songs. I think I think we recorded eight songs, and it, this is actually a really a really great story. So the the engineer. Um, uh, who who was working with us his name's greg and he just had us all set up in in a big room you know i mean we're like 15 years old 
he was like, I'm sure at the time he was probably 20, 20, you know, between he was in his twenties mm-hmm. and I, I'm pretty sure he was like, Oh, this is going to be such a shitty day. You know, like, okay, great. I got all these kids with, with, uh, with skater, skater shorts and backwards caps coming in, trying to, try, trying to be newfound glory. And uh, he just had us all set up. We isolated the amps, but we all stayed in the same room and he just hit record and we just went through each song. Um, his last name's DeCrosta, Greg DeCrosta. So when I watched him work on Pro Tools and, and just like editing our music and like, you know, making it clean and making it sound cool, I like really inspired me. And from that day, I remember like sitting behind him while he was editing. I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. And I always was so excited about recording music. Um, fast forward 20 years, I still stay in touch with him. And he just actually like remotely tracked uh, horns for the new Mighty Mighty Boss Tones record. So I was like, I'm sending him like Scott, like snippets of my songs. And I'm like, Greg, I don't suck anymore, dude. And he's <laughs> like, oh, all right. Sounds good, man. <laughs> but every now and again, I'll get on Facebook and I'll be like, Greg, dude you got to show the dudes where the boss tones this. He's like, yeah, it's not going to happen, but I hope you're having a great day. <laughs> Hell yeah. So s- speaking of your ska music on, and I mentioned TikTok, like I found you, I think just like posting like, Hey, starting a ska band. And then you posting your trips to the studio. Like when did, uh, when did the idea to even start a ska band, like come like, what, what was your I, thoughts? I mean, I, it was always something that was in the back of my mind when I was like really young. I mean, we're talking, this has got to be late nineties. My neighbor brought over the uh, real big fish CD, turn your, turn the radio off. And I remember that shit just changed my life. And it was always, I just could never find anybody that played horns. Like I was in school band and stuff, but I just never asked any, like I never had the balls to like, be like, I want to start a Scott band. So I always started these pop punk projects because they were easier to get off the ground um but i had always had it in the back of my mind that i wanted to start a ska band it was like i just every time i go to a a concert with with those kind of bands playing it's just always the most fun everybody's cool there's never any bad vibes in the room for the most part and last year when the pandemic started i was kind of in this like limbo phase i had i had a band called my kind of fire that we we, we kind of fizzled out. We were in the middle of recording a new EP, but like shit just wasn't coming together. And we all decided to just like take some time apart. And within a year, it was just kind of like nobody was doing anything and the pandemic hits and I'm now like no job. And I'm like feeling like, you know, just depressed and trying to figure out what the heck my next move is going to be. And I remember I was like, we had just what me, me and my girlfriend had just watched that pick it up documentary. And I was like, I just got crazy inspired again. Like it just, I, it, something lit a fire under my ass. And I was like, I just fucking just start a ska band now. I got nothing to do. And she's like, do it. And so like not really taking it seriously and just starting to demo stuff out here. I just kind of started putting together a, a couple songs and I'm up on my rooftop with my earbuds and listening to Krista makes a podcast from less than Jake. I'm, I'm listening yeah. to his podcast. The very first episode last year, it's probably April or June. And at the very end of the podcast, he goes, 
oh hey you know if if you're if you're a musician and you're looking for for help writing a song uh shoot me an email and and maybe i'll work with you and i was like shit i got like three that and so i, I said like out loud i was like i should hit up chris the makes and my girlfriend danielle goes uh you're stupid if you don't like you should these so these songs are kind of cool you should do it yeah. so i shot him an email and i said yo i got a couple songs would you want to like help me produce them or like you know work on the arrangement or anything and he like emailed me back in like 20 minutes and he's like what are you doing on sunday and i was just like oh okay so that's kind of where this started this started last june we got into the studio i you know we, i i worked with him uh, primarily on arranging the songs, we would just hop on Zoom once a week and just kind of pass stuff out. I'd send him a demo. He would call me back. Hey, I love this verse. I don't really get what's going on with your sec. I have like second verse-itis. My second verses are always just like all over the place. So he was really helpful um, when it came to like just kind of getting my ideas in place. He would, you know, put it under a microscope and be like, yo, what are you trying to say in this song? Um, and it kind of like you know it got me to have tunnel vision where i in a good way where i was like okay I, all right yeah I, I i know where i'm going with this um but we we worked on four or five songs and then i produced another five or six went to the studio um this studio in new jersey called the gradwell house mm -hmm. um and i worked with nick Berzies, who is just a phenomenal producer and engineer um he also plays in a band called Man Overboard, but he was kind little of co-producer. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. little band. No, no bigger. This is my name dropping session. Everybody who watch, everybody who watches this is gonna be like, oh my god, yeah, okay, we get it, we get it, dude, you're cool. <laughs> but um, I, I teamed up with him, and we just, you know, we, we made this record, and now I'm here. We're getting ready to unroll out the the first song soon i think by the time this airs it'll be it'll be out and in the world yeah so what uh like what made you choose like the gradwell house to record at i i've been working with nick for years nick was actually producing my old band i think i think we made an ep in 2017 mm -hmm. and um i just had such a positive experience we clicked immediately you know sometimes it's it can be pretty nerve wracking to like, you know, work with certain producers who, you know, don't see your vision or, or and it was just the complete opposite way with Nick. Um, we became fast friends and, you know, it, whenever I went to the studio and worked on music, I just never felt like pressure. I never, you know, it was always like, we were just having fun. And then you'd be like, you know, eight hours later, you're like, oh shit, it's like time to go to bed. Okay. Um, but I started working with him when he was, in a studio that he had with Ace Enders uh, called the Lumberyard. And I was in and out of that spot with multiple bands for two or three years. And I just knew that when I started working on this project that I wanted to bring it to him because he just really has a way of making, making shit really come alive. Like his ear for harmonies and he'll, you know, he'll sit there while, while you're tracking something and he'll just like, He'll kind of start talking to himself and he's like yo try this and then he'll just like sing something and i'm like oh my god why did i not think of that and it's just like every single hour there was like a new idea and i was like i love this shit. so it, it's been such a positive process because he adds so much 
to what I already, you know, when I'm thinking that it's going to be done, I'm like, oh, this song's great. He just has already brought it to a different level for me. And I'm, I'm not interested in going anywhere else. So go to the Gradwell house, kids. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I think they have a TikTok too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, yeah. We're all trying to get TikTok yeah, famous. Yeah. <laughs> well, while we were in the studio, we're all like strategizing what our videos are going to be and shit. <laughs> um, man, that's badass. So on the album, you play uh, guitar, bass, and do vocals? Yeah. Um, so who, who'd you get for horns? Horns. So this was... Um, this was this was Nick too. I, I had hit him up before, you know, months before the session. And I was like, I don't really know anybody like, like that is like a session player. Could you like refer me to some people? And he told me, you know, he, he shot a couple of emails out and hit me back up. And he was like, yo, you should talk to John Ryan, who plays in Keep Flying. He plays sax in Keep Flying. Uh, Dave Heck, who plays trombone um, with Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties and also plays bass in a really awesome punk band called The Bad Ups. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you should send a message to Matt Stewart, who plays trumpet for Streetlight Manifesto. And I was like, I was like, are these guys gonna like even fucking call me back? And sure as shit, like every single one of them was like, yep, I'll play on your record. And I went, oh my God. Oh, 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 are you kidding? <laughs> and, you know, so so then there was just like months of me sending, you know, sending demos back and forth to everybody. And here I am like thinking I'm bothering everybody. I'm like, hey, I got another revision for this horn part. But everybody was super cool. Um, they've all been so supportive of the process, the project. And um, we shot we shot a video um, a couple weeks ago for the first song and it, it's like it's all just coming together it, it's really cool they, they they've all been working with me in a like strictly recording capacity mm -hmm. um but i but john and dave have both expressed like yo we're in this like we want to play these songs live with you as soon as possible so book a show so within a matter of months hopefully i'll i'll have uh i'll have a show booked and i can i can make it <laughs> make it out somewhere Jeez, that's that's so badass, man. I I can't believe it happened. <laughs> it's kind of um, like a lottery, like scratching a lottery <laughs> ticket and winning. I was like, holy, damn, damn, that's that's a crazy ass horn section. Um, man, that's wild. I'm I'm excited. So I'm ex me too, me too. So what is the name of your project of this band? So the ska band, the ska band. I I uh, I spent months and months and months and you know i was yeah. texting you about it we were having fun the other day but finally finally like like three weeks ago it took so long but three weeks ago i'm watching the uh the interrupters live from tokyo set and they start playing title holder and i'm like i love this song this song's so great and my girlfriend looks at me and she's like, why don't you call the band title holder? That's a badass name. Like, that's cool. So the first thing I did was I was like, Oh, Spotify, let's see. <laughs> and I'm like, nobody has it. Yes. So I like jumped on distro kid and like registered it and stuff. And it's just like, I, I called, I'm calling the project title holder, not just because it's like a cool interrupter song, but like the lyrics behind, behind that song and the message of it, like is a really inspiring kind of motivational track. And it really like moved me and it made a lot of sense. I didn't want to just like 
throw an arbitrary name that didn't have a lot of meaning behind it because you know i mean i know that's like a, a big thing in the ska <laughs> the, the the ska community is is put ska in front of things i dave dave heck who who plays trombone i mean he he's got the the best sense of humor he always like for months i he would text me just really ridiculous band names but they were always so funny and i was like that'll be our other side project that you're the front man of yeah uh i think you should have gone with matt scalavin but it's, <laughs> it's okay try to hold it, try to hold it's cool <laughs> hey you know what i mean it'll be my like singer songwriter version if there's ever any acoustic shows where the rest of the band can't play i'll just introduce myself as scalavin Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Uh, what, what's, uh, what's your plans like for the rest of the year? So we are, we are going to roll out one song every month. So August 31st if, if, uh, is going to be the drop of Animal, which is going to be the first song, the debut of, of Title Holder. Um, and I'm going to try to get one track out at the end, last day of every month until the entire EP is out. Um, the EP is going to be seven songs and then I'll repackage it as an actual EP. But I want to, I just, I'm so happy with how all these songs came out. I want to have each one live as a single for a little bit just to let people digest it. Um, and I think they deserve it. I think, uh, you know, I, I've sent, I've sent the record around to a bunch of people and, and everybody's given me a lot of positive feedback and it's just nice to kind of get that that validation from folks um but yeah so each, each month i'll put out a new song and i'm trying to get a video with everything um i'm shooting another video in two weeks for the second track and then second or third week of september i'm going to shoot another video and just wait for those to all get produced and see what happens everybody's dropping singles now i'm like all right i gotta hop on board <laughs> i as much as i want a full length record i'm like oh, okay i have to like show some restraint and <laughs> true um so it's it well it's obvious that you're more than just like a player in your band like you're doing all of everything as far as like getting the recording set up and marketing and even all that like where did you learn how to do that like how like how do you know who to reach out to where did you get all of this kind of like more of the business like knowledge i mean i got into it i mean i've just always been doing it myself for so long and i got back onto it you're you're the actually responsible for getting my ass on twitter again <laughs> you were like dude you need to make a twitter you're like no i i remember asking you about a month ago i was like hey who else should i be emailing Cause I, you know, I mean, I'm always, it's always just been networking. If yeah. I'm friends with another band and I saw that they got a magazine article written about them, I hit them up. I go, yo, how did you do that? And they're like, oh, I talked to Brian at so-and-so and he, and he, you know, he'll, he'll make you an article. And so, I mean, just networking, you know, you, you've got me back on Twitter and I just have been like endlessly messaging everybody. You were like, yo, check out hashtag stop Twitter. And I just hit everybody up <laughs> and everybody hit me back yeah. so i mean th this is this is one of of like 14 podcasts lined up right now and i i'm just like so stoked at the scott community and how receptive and cool everybody's been like 
I don't remember it being like <laughs> this cool in other in other genre groups. You know, I mean, I'm also old. I'm very old. I've been doing it a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, yeah, shout out to the ska community, especially online. Uh, like that Discord is pretty crazy. Like, I love it. I love all the meme, <laughs> the meme channel is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Our friends at Scott Punk International. Uh, yes. Chris. Good, good old Chris. Chris Reeves. I'm like, man, he was one of the first people who just like would talk to me and respond. And now I like text him, like text him stupid memes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like to consider us fast. I, I think I consider us friends. I'm sure that he does too. As soon as I got my Scott Punk International shirt, I was like, oh, let me get a picture of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. That dude's such a good dude. Um, yeah. So we're we'll, we'll just going to go back a little bit to recording. I want to just bring up bass for just a little bit in this Let's do episode. it. Um, when, when did you start playing bass? I started playing bass probably. I, I mean, I had always like, screwed around you know whenever i was doing a home demo i would just you know i'm I'm a pick player don't don't crucify me but that's that's what i do i can play with my fingers like i I got little scott dad picks (laughs) i love it i um i mean i've been playing bass for probably 10 15 years but 2014 i auditioned for like a uh easy core band and they were just they were friends in the area and they like put a facebook post and they're like oh our bassist just left Uh, we need somebody and i had was like in between projects didn't really have anything going on so i was like yo i'll play bass in your band and that's like when people started like recognizing me as like a bassist um and i was like oh but i play guitar too like i'm pretty good at guitar (laughs) but like i yeah i started playing in a band called legend of you as a bassist and then i graduated to playing rhythm guitar with them (laughs) and then i started my my kind of fire where i played um i played guitar but i was always roaming around always playing bass um and then last year right before the pandemic it was probably january i started playing bass in a pop punk band called card reader and that was, you know, old friends who had made this record already and they were looking for a live lineup. And my friend Tom, who's the singer and the guitarist and primary songwriter in that band, um, he just he gave me a call and he was like, hey, we got this gig lined up in April. Would you want to play it? And I said, yeah, you don't even have like you don't have to ask me. Just tell me where to be. Yeah. And, you know, then the pandemic happened. This this uh, the show got pushed and. He's like, oh, well, I got this other batch of songs and I'm headed into the studio. And he actually records with Nick Raziz as well. Um, he's like, I'm headed to the studio and I, I'd like it if you'd play on these new ones. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I get to hang out with Nick all, Nick all day and, and, and bullshit and, and play fun music. Okay, cool. Um, that all happens. And, you know, after those recording sessions, we just had such a good time that I was like, Tom, like, I'll played bass in this band forever with you as long as you want it so we've we've been like this pandemic band like you know that was kind of like this side project that I wasn't really taking seriously because I wanted to launch this other stuff but now you know both of these projects are kind of like neck and neck with how much passion I have for them um we just recorded another EP we're dropping a second music video I think 
in a couple weeks. I have to double check. I actually asked Tom to text me the date so I wouldn't screw up, screw it up. <laughs> uh, se September 9th, Card Reader is dropping a new music video for a song called Smiling Ghost, which is already on Spotify. Um, and in September, we're flying out to Milwaukee and playing the Interstate Music Awards like <laughs> live stream. We this, this is a funny story. I don't want to get like too off the rails here, mm. but so like, like six months ago, I, I come home from like a party or wherever I was, I came home from a friend's house and I was drinking all night and it's like three in the morning. And I see uh, an advertisement for, for interstate music. Like there was a competition or something. And so I just like signed up and submitted and I get a phone call like a month later that was like, Oh, you didn't finish your application, but we really liked your band. And I was like, what is this? And they're like, oh, we, we've just, this is interstate music. And we've decided to choose Card Reader as a finalist. And I was like, are you fucking with me? Well, okay. <laughs> so we end up, you know, long story short, we end up winning this contest based on, it was like a voting system, but it, there was judges and they, you know, there was like a dozen really awesome bands that had all applied to be part of this. And they picked us out of all these amazing acts and, at the end of September, uh, they're flying us out to Milwaukee to like uh, shoot this live stream that's going to be live on Facebook and YouTube and all that stuff. And um, we just had a, a meeting this morning that there's going to be like press conferences and stuff for us. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is so weird. Okay, I mean, you want yeah. like you want to talk to me about like <laughs> being a musician? Sure, but that um, write that one down. Thursday, September 23rd. If you want to see Card Reader rock the house in Milwaukee, um, I'm going to be like going crazy on social media closer to it so that people don't get too annoyed with how much <laughs> I post. You got to get some uh, title holder merch to wear for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you know, I, I'm going <laughs> to shamelessly self-promote all my bullshit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they, yeah. If they, I, that's the whole thing. They're going to set up like a step and repeat and they're going to have like journalists ask us questions. I'm going to be so, so when I was starting title holder, <laughs> Tom's going to be like, that's the wrong band, man. <laughs> uh, man. So what, uh, what bass did you use to record uh, the title holder album? So uh, I have a, a player series Fender P bass that is just a dream. I, I've played a couple different bases and I went over to guitar center like a couple years back. And I, I, I knew that I wanted like a really thin line neck and a lot of the bases that I thought I was really going to like, they've got like monstrous fat necks. And I just, I'm, you know, I got like T-Rex hands. I got little Damn. hands for, for, for all you people out there who have small hands. Don't worry. <laughs> Fender will make you a guitar that will work and it's called the player series <laughs> um it it's just so nice uh but this fender p bass I, I grabbed that um maybe two years ago and i or maybe a year ago and i haven't stopped playing that since and when we won the interstate music awards they uh they told us we could all like grab some gear like just tell us what you want um so i grabbed uh a Fender, it's another P bass, but it's a Ventera. Oh, and beautiful. It's really, really nice, 
but I didn't think about how thick the neck was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when I, th this one's really nice, but it's got, it's got a monster of a neck and I, I like always relate this to like, if you're running with weights on your ankles, like I'll <laughs> rehearse and practice with this bass. And then when I pick up the player series, I feel like fucking Eddie Van Halen. I'm like, <laughs> Oh man, I'm so good. So I'm actually shooting a video um, next week and I'm going to use this bass just so I can like get more used to like having a stronger fretting uh, hand. Yeah. Hell yeah. That that's nice. That's like one of those champagne, like pick. Guards, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like a gold. It's like a metallic gold. I, yeah. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. And I was like, Oh, I mean, I really want a P bass and this is the only one that they have. And as soon as I took it out of the package, it's like, oh, this looks 10 times cooler in person than it did in the picture. Okay, cool. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Um, and then do you know, are you going to take like title holder on tour? What's your plans for, for that? So there's, we're, we're planning. Um, I was actually just talking with, uh, with um, a couple of the guys. We're planning, we're going to take it slow for the rest of this year. For the rest of this year, there's not going to be a show for title holder. I want to let all these songs get out in the air. Um, there was a like very, or very early January, there is an opportunity that's presenting itself that I think might be the appropriate time to like debut the band live. So just stay tuned for that. Um, it's, it's not confirmed right now, but it'll be a show in New York, Long Island, something like that. Um, and hopefully this time next year, I, I would love to be working full time on the road, at least, you know, as long as, as long as the, the COVID stuff isn't stopping people. Yeah, man. Get vaccinated. Please. Right. Do it. <laughs> Please. Do um, it. And where will people be able to listen to you? Everywhere, everywhere. So on the 31st, August 31st, which if you're watching, this has probably already happened. Um, we're going to be dropping that song. It'll be everywhere that you can stream YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, all that stuff. Um, and everything will be on there. If you look it up, it's title holder. Um, the handle that I made for, for social media will be title holder music. So if you're on Instagram, title holder music, uh, TikTok, title holder title holder music i believe again um and if you want to follow my random tiktok it's mts audio and that one's just um basically all the behind the scenes stuff i'm trying to i tried to like get as much of that footage as possible because i love watching that stuff myself all the, like the in-studio videos of like people working shit out i've always found that just as fascinating as like you know the music video or if not more I love seeing it all come together. So that's been like a huge thing for me and growing a fan base before the band even like technically exists is like, Hey, check out this shit that I'm doing. And a lot of people, you know, have been like, Oh dude, this is really cool. I love watching this stuff too. So it's cool to see like, you know, we're not the only ones that are like, Oh, I love how it all comes together. I'll yeah. watch like how it's made for three hours. Cause I'm so excited. Wow. That's how they make Reese's cups. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, Dude, hit me up uh, when you want to come through Texas. You know, we yes. got you. Got you some Mexican food. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, man, I appreciate it, Matt. Thank you for taking time to talk to me. And uh, I'm stoked for Title Holder. And I just hope you have a good day.
dude, I, likewise, I want to thank you for, for having me on here. And if you're ever in the New York area, I'll show you all the dark, dirty little spots that you can have the most fun. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate it, dude. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye.